Hey guys, welcome to the Final Flight Podcast for Throwers. This is episode three. Today you'll hear from Anna Orell, an upcoming Estonian hammer thrower who is looking to compete at the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. You'll hear about her passion for throwing hammer from such a young age, which ultimately helped her turn professional at the age of 16. You'll hear about Anna talk about how she learned to balance her life as a thrower and finding time to chill. You can follow Anna on Instagram. Find her at Anna Maria underscore Orel. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you aren't already, give us a follow on Instagram at memes for throwers. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the final flight podcast for throwers. My next guest represented Estonia in 2013, 2014 at the World Junior Championships and also in 2015 represented Estonia in the European Junior Championships where she set the Estonia Junior record at 62.32. In 2019, she set the Women's Estonia record uh, for hammer with a throw of 69.85. She is currently ranked in the top 40th in the world in the Women's Hammer Throw. You can follow her on her Instagram at Anna Maria underscore Orel. That's A-N-N-A-M-A-R-I-A underscore O-R-E-L. Please welcome all the way from Estonia, Anna Orel. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Um, yeah, so let's just kind of start out from the very beginning. Like I, I read in your bio, I mean, obviously 2013, uh, if I do my math correctly, you know, that's seven years ago uh, when you were in the junior, uh, you know, kind of circuit. Uh, but when did you first, like, pick up the hammer over there? I think it was, like, 2009 or 2010 because um, – so I did uh, multi-events, so I did everything. And um, I really wanted to be the next Carolina Klüft. But uh, I realized that, that I don't have what it takes. So I kind of had to find something else for myself. So it was between javelin, shot put, and hammer throw. Because, you know, I picked up the weights really good. I got really strong, faster than the others. So I was thinking maybe javelin. I really like javelin. But, you know, you have got to have that um, sharp hand, which I didn't, or shoulder. So it was between shot put and hammer and hammer just came so naturally because in shot put you have to have that, you know, the last hit, like strong one, but my arm was kind of just like not that fast and I was better in hammer than others already then. And I guess why not? Also my, um, I was rotating really fast. It was really natural for me. So I chose hammer. So yeah, I think 2009 the first time and after I realized I'm not, the next Carolina Klüft. Uh, I picked uh, hammer throw in 2011 officially. Wow. And, and how, how old were you? So 11, that's uh, 10 years ago. I was like 12, 13. Wow. So I competed in hammer already 2011 and um, I got the medal from the uh, under 18 uh, nationals. Mm. And I was like, whoa, I'm really like, good at this you know maybe I can achieve something and then I started doing it more and more and then I kind of fi- uh, fi- find like a group for myself found like a group and they were like uh, good uh, throwers at that time uh, 
some of them still are, of course. So they took me in. They were like seven years older than me. So I started professionally when I was 16, like with the oh. gym and everything. I had like a plan. Uh, Raigo Tompu, maybe you know him. He was doing my plans. He oh. also went to USA. He was studying there. So when I was 16, it was already professional for me. And I knew what, I'm, what I want to do. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, when I was 16, I was trying to figure out how to drive a car. And then, uh, let's see, I think it was probably a junior in high school. So I was uh, just trying to figure out what life was like for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, I 16, being a professional circuit, that's, that's awesome. Uh, picking up the hammer um, and anything at age 11. Is that... Um, is that pretty common out there for you guys to start track and field so early? Cause like, I, like for me out here in the States, like for most people with the story, if they're not necessarily have parents that were part of like the track and field community, uh, it's usually in high school or even middle school, maybe a little bit, but mainly high schools when you kind of pick it up. But is that, is that very common out there in Estonia that it's, it's track and field so early? Well, actually um, it's all because of my grandpa. Uh, he's a big sports fan and uh, we, we watched like my first Olympic Games with him and I told him uh, I want to make you this happy because he was really happy because one of uh, Estonians did really good there and also mm. Gerd Gunter won the Olympic gold in 2008 and I was like I want to do that I want to bring a medal home but I didn't know in what which event because I didn't know like what I did good so I tried everything like I mean everything swimming ballroom dancing karate, uh, hockey, I mean, I did it all. And then uh, in my high school, we had like a sports day and one coach came there and he was like trying to get like some new athletes and he was asking me, maybe you want to come? And everybody went and I was like, well, sure, why not? It was next to the school, right? So I did. And then, like I said, I started with everything. I tried everything. I was, I was pretty good, like in sprint, in long jump, um, things like that but like the long distance maybe it wasn't that serious then it wasn't so good for me and also I did the Instagram post like last week I was uh, telling people about how I broke both of my hands oh, yeah. and actually I broke them twice while I was running hurdles so mm. that kind of killed my vibe with the hurdles and uh, yeah after that when I found hammer I knew uh, but uh, now I also think I would be uh, quite good in weightlifting, but I didn't know about weightlifting then. I love weightlifting. That's my second passion. So, so yeah. That's awesome. So what, what were your marks then back then? Like how far were you throwing the javelin and the, and the, um, and the shot put um, before you retired from those two events? Well, luckily, they're all up in European athletic sites, even my 400 meters time, which I have to say I was walking. So this is not serious time for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think the javelin, I'm not sure, I, I may be wrong. I think like 25 meters, I was super young, right? And the shot put, I got quite good with the 3K, but after that, it wasn't so serious. So I think mm -hmm. 10, 11, but I don't think seriously. My pinch... Um, only went better like last year I didn't even do it that's not like my priority so yeah I think 11 10 with the four I, I really didn't do it and the discus was also okay I've, I've done like 30 meters I guess when I was younger so I really have to take it you know focus but yeah. we were so many 
people, all of my girlfriends, my friends, and it was fun for us. We did like the 10 events, seven events, all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe talk about a little bit, like you're you know, you're 16 years old, you're, you're a professional, you're working with a, a group of uh, professional throwers, and here you are, you know, 16 uh, years old, and normal 16-year-old aren't, aren't really finding what their passions are as far as that's concerned. Um, where Did you find it hard to, uh, you know, have that kind of childhood growing up and like kind of doing what things were doing, like people were doing as, at 16 years old? Um, but also, you know, dedicating a lot of time, uh, you know, sacrificing time away from potentially friends and hangouts and all those other things. Like, you know, maybe walk through kind of emotions that you went through, um, but also just kind of what, what was it about just wanting to do that that kind of kept you focused on um, what, what your goals were for yourself at that time? So for me... Uh, I always knew that I wanted to do something big and that was in sports for me, right? So it was not hard. The motivation came naturally. Uh, I didn't go to my prom. I didn't go any of the parties. I didn't hang out with my friends. I did not drink at all. So for me, it just, like I said, it came naturally and it wasn't like a, like a choice. Like it wasn't hard. It wasn't like this or that. It just was sport. And I guess I got really serious really early. And that was also good and bad because I, when I lost, when I was younger, I got so sad. Like I was depressed for two weeks. I remember 2015 in Eskilstuna, we had European championships, junior, I guess. And then I missed the finals by 13 centimeters. Uh, I did really good series. I did really good results like, for myself. And I was crying so hard for like two days. I was super sad that I didn't make the finals. It was the end of my life. And I remember I was like that when I was 16 and 17. And it's, it's lately when I have realized it's not all about winning. And sometimes it's about, uh, you know, the long goal. You don't have to get it all right now. But it really came hard for me. And I remember last year when I joined... Uh, or two years ago now, when I joined my Polish team, uh, Wojciech Nowitzki, he told me, Anna, you have to chill. You can't think about Hammer all the time because I think about Hammer, I study Hammer, I watch Hammer videos, I'm obsessed with Hammer, I want to talk about Hammer. And they just told me one camp, you know, we don't want to hear it. Please don't talk about Hammer so much. So now I'm a little bit more chill. But yeah, like I said, when I was 16, I was living Hammer basically. Yeah. All on you. Maybe that, maybe, um, let's talk about a little bit about that. So what, what tools do you do to, uh, get you to not obsess as much about that? Cause there's people, um, that I've coached in the past that have gotten to those measures of like, you know, really wanting to, um, <clears throat> you know, focus on their craft and perf perfect it. But then they seem to like isolate themselves from other people and other things. Um, and, when it doesn't go right, they get, you know, upset and like, like kind of like what you described. Um, and you know, it's, it's hard because that's, that's, they, they're so focused on wanting to, um, get better, be the best and which is great, which is great motivation to have, but you need to have balance for that in my opinion. So let's talk, talk about maybe some of the things that you do now, um, that maybe others are kind of in the same boat that just, just need to know how to, um, find other ways to have passion, but yet have balance as far as that's concerned. 
Yes, so for me, it's really about understanding that you have to let it go. Uh, when the competition is done, um, then you, you, you can analyze it for like, you know, half an hour, but then you have to let it go. And then uh, our girlfriends who keep me, you know, sane, uh, we hang out, we watch movies, we do regular stuff now. But before, you know, I remember um, when the COVID came, and you couldn't, you know, do anything. Of course, I stayed home and stuff. But when it went a little bit better, I was so afraid to go out or to hang uh, on a Saturday because I was like, this is going to affect my sport. I can't do not do this. I need to focus on my training. I need to sleep. So, yeah, I hang out with my good friends now. We have really, really small group and we see each other only. So, yeah. And then I try to read. I love reading. Um, I meditate sometimes when I feel overwhelmed. Um, I have a great mentor, actually. Gert Kanter is my mentor. We call every week. Um, so he, he keeps me grounded also. That's, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, surrounding yourselves with people um, who support your dreams and passions is really important. But then, like you said, like touched on a little bit, just having a mentor who's able to speak into your life and give you wisdom um, in areas that you just need that is, is important too. I think that's so, so crucial uh, for people to either find if that's a coach or, you know, uh, a good friend or a, your, you know, your, your father or mother or whoever that might be for you uh, is important to have those people in your life um, to help you keep grounded and, and to stay balanced and to, um, as you said, like kind of call you out on the things when you, uh, just need, you know, to be corrected on that type of stuff. Yeah. But it's still hard because, you know, I remember it was summer, it was midsummer, midsummer's Eve. We have that in here. And then I called Gerd and I said, you know, others are going grilling and I really don't want to go because, you know, I've been going to sleep at 11, but if I go, I have to go to sleep at 2 AM. So what, what do you think? Should I go? And he said, you have to go. And now you have to stay up like more later because you're being so obsessed with your sport. Mm. And then I was like, oh, okay. And I did that. I went, it was great. We ate some good uh, meat. And then I came home and, you know, nothing changed. But in my head, it was the biggest mistake. I had to get ready. I had trainings, competitions, or, you know, we had that, um, we didn't know what's coming. So, Yeah. He, he really is my like uh, moral compass. He tells me what's wrong, what's not. I, I think myself, of course, but uh, he, you know, guides me because I'm, I'm still young and um, he's been there and he knows uh, what it feels like. And also uh, he, he has a great book and I read that many times. And this summer also I read it and then I called him and I was like, oh, I found out this about you. And then we choked, I even choked, I know more about you than you know about you, right? So, so yeah, things like that. But like I said, it's still hard. Sometimes I get like so um, obsessed and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I want to be at home and uh, otherwise it's going to affect my sport, right? So I just say no to everyone and I, I don't move. <laughs> well, I appreciate, appreciate you not saying no to, to the podcast and hanging out and chatting about no. it, but... Um, I'm still now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, you're 16 years old. You finished school in Estonia. Um, was there any thoughts about coming? Like, I mean, I don't know, coming over here, I say over here to the States, but other, 
or there are other opportunities to throw and represent in a college setting, uh, either in Estonia or Europe or anywhere or the States? Like how, how is that process for you? Um, I only ask because, you know, as an international athlete, I get questions all the time about, you know, I'm an international athlete. Like, how do I get scholarship? Like, do people look at me? Um, I mean, obviously, a 16-year-old who's on a national team, uh, professionals, kind of maybe going to get some looks. Um, but maybe walk through the process for you uh, with that. Yeah, so uh, in 2014, when I came to Eugene, I was competing there. I got many invitations because the, they start asking you, right? And then the invitations came and came. And then when I graduated in 2016, uh, I had thrown already 67, which was quite okay. I was 19. Um, and then, of course, I was thinking about this. But then um, fate came in and uh, Nick Miller reached out to me mm. and said he's coming to Estonia and could I help him? And he can help me, of course, like with the training. And I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, you know, he's good. Um, he's coming here. Uh, because I didn't know about the coaches uh, in USA and uh, in that time Europe was like mostly better now you have yeah. really great players there also who throw really far but I didn't know about the coaches and I was really like un uncertain to do that decision on my own I didn't have also Garrett at that time mm -hmm. so I was afraid frankly and then he came into my life and he said he can help me and then he came to Estonia in 2015 September and we started working together and and it worked so we worked together like for two years and i i improved i even came to uh, i even went to usa in 2017 ending i was in um, san jose for five weeks and then i came back so so yeah that's that's why i didn't go to uh, usa and in estonia uh, it's, it's really not possible to do uh, elite sport and study because the schools are not like uh, built that way so it was either sport or school and mm -hmm. it was a hard decision but i was like you know i'm only young once so i'm gonna go with sports so yeah yeah were there so you had colleges that contacted you uh was, was, was that through instagram was that through email like how uh, or letter actual physical letters like how did they get a hold of you so not physical letters but instagram facebook emails then you know some Estonians who were there they were writing to me that you know our Travers coach is interested in you and I, I I read the letters I was really grateful I said thank you and then I was thinking about it and I said like I'm not coming but thank you anyways for reaching out because it's, it's an honor right and then when I made my decision I think the letters stopped coming in 2017 I'm not sure how it works there, but I guess you get older. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah. And after that, there have been no letters, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously you, you made a decision that was based upon what was going to be best for you. And, and obviously, you know, not knowing coaching as well, like that's pretty huge, you know, and uh, speaking just only from a personal side of it and not obviously trying to anger anybody, but, um, you know, there's only select few colleges that actually have legit coaches who can coach Hammer. Um, and that's obviously a concern for, you know, a lot of people internationally. Um, but, you know, all that to say is, you know, things have, as you said, like things have changed a lot as over the past course of a couple of years, um, as far as knowledge-based knowledge coaches that are out there. Um, but obviously you made a good decision 
uh, for yourself and, and that process of, um, of what you're doing. So as yeah. of right now, I, <laughs> go ahead, did you have something you want to add? No, no, I just wanted to say that uh, I agree. And, uh, and uh, at that time, um, like, like you said also, I did not know any of those coaches and I have to believe in my coach because I wanted to be the best in the world, right? So for me, that seemed logical. But like I said, right now, you have so many great throwers there who have coaches, I assume. So, uh, yeah, it, it has changed now. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, kind of, you know, moving forward now and, you know, you were, you were training for, uh, were you training for the 2020 Olympics to potentially yeah. get on to the team? Yeah. Um, do you get, you guys have a trial out there? Um, and how, how does that work for you guys out there as far as a trial, like a, you know, making an Olympic team, is there actual marks that you, you have to make um, to be on that or how does that work for you guys? So for us, it's um, <clears throat> the same standards that uh, it's internationally, like they don't uh, make them bigger and you have three spots and three people, they, they can make it, no trials, you just have to do it in a competition, that's legit. And when you make it, you make it. And in Estonia, we only have like me and another girl who are like in professional level. So yeah, it's it's not about who who gets there. It's about who throws the standards. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, do you have to do that in, at an actual trial meet or or any professional meet that you're able to go to? So we are lucky. We have like any professional meet. Um, like I said, so, so yeah, for us, it's just, you have to do the result. It has to be official competition, the right hammer, and, um, then you get to go. That's awesome. Um, so what, yeah. so how did the, how did, the, uh, COVID kind of affect that? I mean, was that, was that kind of a blessing for you or do you think that you're on pace and, um, you know, to, to do what you wanted, obviously you're training for that to happen and then obviously there was word came out that they were going to you know postpone the olympics at that time of the announcement i believe it was around like uh end of may um like were you set, setting yourself up for that or or when you heard the announcement um were you disappointed or were you kind of relieved in that moment of like oh okay now i get an extra you know you know seven months now to to train so I had really mixed emotions. Um, at first, I was really um, like I was almost panicked because I got separated from my group in March, and it was really you know hectic times. Nobody knew what's gonna happen, and my only concern was like I don't have my coach. I don't know what to do. Uh, so I was really like panicked, like I told you. And then I had a little back problem, but I I got rid of that. Um, in April so I felt like you know I'm back but like I said no coach no no nothing I was not feeling confident in myself so when I think about it now I think it's like blessing in disguise because I I really got stronger mentally I I changed as a person I got more independent because I was really you know I still listened to my coach of course but I was like really I had to do what she says and uh, now I I'm like listening to myself more and what I feel and, you know, and then when I got the news, I was, of course, really disappointed, but also relieved because things were not going as I wished at that time anymore. 
I was on the course in February. We were doing really well. I was throwing really far for myself. Um, I have never been in that shape before in February. And then in March, when I had the little back problem, I came home. We fixed the problem. It was just like some tension. I went to Poland for two days. And then it was like the emergency situation everywhere. So I have to come back. We were like talking about, should I stay or should I go? Uh, I was definitely overtraining. I should have been more, you know, um, patient with my body. But I was like, I have to train more. I have to train harder because I was lucky enough to, to train in here uh, in isolation, basically. So I trained too much and then the summer came and I, we heard that no Olympic Games, but you can still compete. And I was like, well, I have to throw the standard anyway. And I was in, in much, much better shape, but uh, I did it to myself. So um, I was really stressed out. My throws were really, I don't, I don't know how even describe them. They were not myself. So, so yeah, but I feel like I'm, I'm back now. That's that's good. I mean, yeah, the the COVID situation was tough as far as you know for for me personally as a as a coach. Um, you know, losing the season and my six seniors that I coached uh, didn't get their senior season, um, and you know, a couple of them need want needed it because they wanted to throw at the next level potentially uh, at college, um, but weren't able to do that, and so it affected a lot of people. You know, obviously in a negative way, um, but. You know, professionally, I think, you know, as far as, you know, having that extra time, you know, like you said, like learning things about yourself. And I think it's so important, um, especially as as just an individual, not necessarily as a professional thrower, like we all should be, you know, learning things about ourselves during this time. Um, you know, what, what are some of, um, I guess what I'm asking is, um, you know, what are, what are some of the things that uh, maybe you can share if you don't feel comfortable sharing, that's fine too. But what, what are some of the shares that are some of the things that you felt that you learned about yourself during this time um, that was important for you as a professional um, that will help you, uh, you know, throw a little bit better um, that you maybe you didn't ne necessarily recognize when you were, in, you know, before COVID, I guess. So the first thing that's like most important for me is that I have to throw like me. I can't imitate anyone, which was the biggest thing for me because, uh, of course, when you're like in a strong group like I am, they are the best of the best. They throw really nice. Uh, I really like their technique, but I am not them. Mm -hmm. We are not physically the same. They are maybe stronger, you know, older, faster, whatever. They have been doing it for longer time. So I have to, I have to throw like Anna not like, you know, somebody else. So that was the first thing, especially with the swings, because I was doing so many different swings. I remember I tried the way, like I said, I mentioned Nick before. I tried to throw like Nick. Uh, I know he's a guy, but still. Then I, I tried to do it um, so many different ways, and it was not working for me, because the biggest problem for me is the tension. And sometimes I trained for months, and there was no tension. And somehow before the season it clicked and then I went into the shape. But I, I don't think that's the right way. I think you should throw with tension all the time. So And now it was really important for me to find that feeling, that tension. And I did find it and I've been doing the whole um, 
two months now, uh, good, easy throws, uh, my way. I'm, I'm not saying like uh, I'm, I'm not listening to my coach any, anymore. I'm just saying uh, I told her that that feels good. And she was like, okay, we go with that now. And uh, I'm lucky enough I get to see her in two days. I'm very excited. It's been eight long months. I'm ready to work hard. So that makes me really happy. And the second thing is, of course, like I said, uh, I, I discovered I really need to chill uh, with my decisions and I can't be so uh, rough on myself. So, yeah, if, if I want to stay up until one, I will. And if I want to go hang with my friends, I will do that also. And sometimes I will eat cake and it's okay. <laughs> Yes, uh, eating eating cake is is should be part of the regiment for anybody, I think. But that's just me, uh, personally. Um, what are, what are the goals that you have for yourself? Like what I mean, maybe they're distance goals that you have. Um, maybe you want to share um, for yourself. Like how do you, um, I guess, how do you stay motivated with that? Like do you write them down? Um, do you you know you know where do you put them that you see them? Um, you know, how does that work? You know, what kind of goals are you setting for yourself for, uh, you know, I guess 2021 as they're coming up? Um, and then how do you stay motivated to achieve them? How do you, how do you keep them on your mind? Um, maybe kind of talk about some of the things that you do um, to keep track of those. And then also um, to as a reminder, like, what do you do for that? So I don't want to sound obsessive, but I really like numbers. And uh, before I had, um, again, obsession with numbers. But now I, I'm trying to just think I want to be better version of myself, uh, technically, every day. I want to have that nice, loose uh, feeling uh, with hammer. So I'm not setting any, any limits anymore. I, want, I know I want to go to the Olympics, maybe someday fight for the medals. Uh, but I don't want to put myself, you know, into that box again, because I remember, like I told you, when I was younger, I was really rough on myself then also. And, you know, I threw, I remember I did my last record, 69.85, and my first thought was, well, this is not 70. Although I did the best uh, series of my life, 69, 69, whatever it was there. And I was just thinking, well, that sucks, <laughs> because it's not 70, right? So right now I try to be happy about every victory I have. Uh, if I get the season best, I'm really happy. Uh, if I do like a nice training with good feeling, I'm happy. So it's all about the positivity now, not about the I have to, I need to, it's, it, I need to be 70 now. It doesn't matter what is, it is now. I believe when I need to be ready, I will be ready. Maybe it sounds too much, you know, like I'm somewhere here, but I, I really believe that now. And uh, so, yeah, my goals are, of course, Tokyo and then throw as far as I possibly can with my body, with my technique. So, yeah. That, that's that's good. I mean, it's a healthy um, way to look at it. <laughs> um, you know, some people are obsessed with numbers. They want to hit that. And then once they do achieve those, like, numbers, then they become very complacent. Um, and I think that's a good way to look at it. Like I want to be the best and continue to be the best. Um, and you know, you put limits on yourself, um, or, you know, however that will look like as far as like when that will be, you know, and then you can, you can feel good about that. Um, as opposed to, yeah, I want to throw 70 
okay, you throw 70, like now what? Like yeah. now, we're, now we're good, right? So I think it's very, very good and very smart as far as like what you want to attain um, and then revisit those goals every, every now and again. Um, but what, what is, um, um, like outside of like, like track and field, like you said, you, you hang out and like to chill a little bit. Um, obviously pre COVID, like, what does that look like for you, uh, before that happened? Um, like what are some of the things that you, um, like to do? Um, you know, other passions that you might have, like, I know you talked about weightlifting, um, and you maybe talk about that. Like, what what are your favorite lifts that you like to do? Um, you know, what are the things around Estonia or even anywhere else that are just really are good places for you to kind of you know re-energize, re reset your mind, um, and that kind of help helps you through your process. So before COVID, uh, my perfect Sunday rest day would be waking up, getting ready. I would go for coffee with a good girlfriend. We would have a chat, maybe go for a walk. And then that would be it. That would be perfect for me, like really relaxing. And now uh, I still have that coffee. They come here and then we go to the park isolated and we walk there. But uh, that's pretty much much it. And uh, when it comes to lifting, I mean, I love it all. I love the records. I love the bar. I love the weights. Um, snatch is complicated for me, but now it's a little bit easier. Uh, I train with the best of the best in here, uh, the best weightlifter we have, and uh, he's a world champion. So um, his, uh, his father is his coach and my coach also, and uh, in weightlifting, I mean. So I really enjoyed the technique, the little uh, details about it. It's, it's not so serious for me, you know. Uh, when I miss that lift, it's it's not the end of the world for me. <laughs> so it's it's really fun, and uh, I I like for me um, gym comes really easy. I have that kind of body. I build muscle really quick. I get into a strong uh, shape really quick. So that's like really fun for me because I progress so fast. And that was also I want to add that was also the problem uh, maybe in uh, in spring. I was too strong. And I did not feel the hammer anymore. I mean, the five, six, they were great. But if we talk about four, it was short and really rushed, you know. So right now I'm really uh, trying to take it easy with Jim. Uh, I was also talking with Gerd about it. He said also he became a little bit obsessed with numbers in gym. And it's super easy when it comes so easy for you. You know, you squat 140, you're like, ooh, let's go 10 kilos up. And it comes easy, right? But... Maybe you kill your speed or your body doesn't adapt with it or you you come to a point where you understand um, this is like second. But for me, sometimes it feels like first because uh, you get that positive uh, emotion in, in the gym, at gym and then when you go throwing, it doesn't work out. So you turn to lifting. So now I'm trying to take it a little bit uh, more easy, but um, <clears throat> in um, in September I had a little bit more spare time, so I was doing clean and jerk for fun and uh, and you know the Olympic uh, lifts. I really like it. Yeah, it, it, that's interesting that you say, you know, that as far as like not feeling the tension and being almost too strong, but then also if things don't correlate out 
in the throws, then you know you turn to the gym to figure out if you if it's the strength part of it. I think it's really interesting to, to figure out having a, a good balance in knowing what is good for your body and how you're training as opposed to just getting super strong um, and then just relying on strength. I think it's a good balance for that. Um, obviously throwing hammer, you got to have that flexibility. Like, do you add that into your regimen? Yeah. I mean, my um, muscle is quite loose. So the problem with me is I don't get too tight, but I can get too slow. So when I add too much weight, like to my body too fast, or I get too strong, then it just gets, um, I don't know what's the word, it gets like passive. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't work like this anymore. It's not explosive anymore. So that's my biggest pro problem. And um, <clears throat> I felt that when I was like a little bit bigger, it didn't help me because I lost my speed. And if you look at my throws, the far ones and the not so far ones, they look almost the same. Uh, you, I, I guess, uh, maybe I'm wrong, you can correct me, but I guess when you look at my throws, you can't really say how far it goes. And sometimes the really easy and nice and loose one goes really far, and the one that looks really fast doesn't fly at all, right? So I guess for me, stronger is not better always, because I can't, sometimes I can't use the strength I have. And some people can do it really easily, but for me, it has to go hand by hand. Like it, it, I can't get too strong and then, then go throw really nicely because I get short, tight, uh, slow. So, so yeah. Uh, but I, I stretch and uh, I, get, uh, I get physiotherapy every week. Uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit lucky with my muscle. When I'm, when I'm not too heavy, it's quite loose and quite fast. Awesome. Uh, that's very that that's very good advice for a lot of people when they are throwing. Obviously, when you're throwing, like for me, I always felt the best ones were the ones that I felt my technique was so wrong, uh, and I didn't feel it at all. You know, and those are the, those were always my best throws. And then the ones that I felt like I I muscled out there or even you know put extra whip behind there were my were my least of my my good throws. So. Um, yeah, very, very uh, understandable. I totally understand what you're saying when you say that. Um, maybe walk us through a little bit of like what training looks like for you, Anna. Like when you are, uh, um, I mean, maybe like from the very beginning, like what do your warm ups look like? Like how many, like what do you do for warm ups? Like how many actual full throws do you take? Um, you know, and then maybe afterwards, like how you cool down. So what, what are things that you, like what does that look like for you typically when you, before you, before, during and then after uh, your throw throws. So I have changed that also this year, but uh, I'm, I'm just going to talk right now because it has changed. So mm. here I decided I want to get my cardio up again. Um, you can get lazy with that sometimes because you know, you're a thrower, you don't have to do that. But I just felt like I do now because I get older also. And then um, this September I did, you know, some group trainings. We had the opportunity here before it get, uh, got uh, bad again with COVID. And then I was running more. And now, because it's cold here, I run, I run like one kilometer before um, throwing, which is new for me. Before it was like, um, I'm embarrassed to say, but maybe 500 meters, more or less. 
And then I get really warm, but I feel like with just one kilometer already, because I'm running quite you know fast, I get really warm already. And then I do my stretches and everything again if, the, if there's not like snow on the ground. And then I start with um, with the drills and uh, with easy throwing, and then I build it up. But also uh, right now. Um, who doesn't like to throw full throws, right? The thrills are the most boring things. So when I was calling my uh, coach, uh, she told me that you can say goodbye to four turn uh, throws because when you come to camp, it's thrills, only thrills. And then we do, you know, five turns, six turns. So I was maybe enjoying myself a little bit too much here. Um, But also it's cold, so I don't have the time, you know, Mm -hmm. to do all of that. I have to be warm and get my throws and then go away. So yeah, I do that. And then when I'm done, I go home and I stretch here because I don't want to get cold. <clears throat> and then I eat a nap. And then when I go to gym, I do bike 10 minutes. I want to, you know, change it up. I don't want to run all the time. And then I do my back exercises. I do my little stretching. And then I start with the bar. Um, bar warm-up, the classic ones, you know, the, all of them do that. And then, then I start lifting, and after lifting, I, I stretch again. You know, it's, it's not like long stretches. It's like dynamic and, you know, like that. So I feel good. And then I have ma- a massage or I have physiotherapy. So that's about it. I come home, I eat, I sleep. And how, how, many, days, how many days do you do that? Uh, train? Yeah. So right now I have been trying to hold back also, like I told you. <laughs> so... Uh, I have four throwings and I have three gyms and then I have one like, you know, hurdle, like hurdle drills, running, training. And then um, because I was a little bit overtraining before, uh, I took uh, two days off. So I have um, Thursday off and Sunday off. And right now I feel it's really working for me because I know when I go to camp, it's going to be six days and one day off. So I'd rather be fresh when I go there then, you know, to kill, kill myself and then go there because there's no point. <clears throat> so I, I, I took it really, really easy now. That's good. But it's um, so you kind of referenced camp. Like, what can you, like, uh, I don't, I don't understand what that, what that is. Is that kind of like a train? Like I, the, when, when you say camp, I think about like, you know, uh, like baseball players here in America, they have to, they go on quote unquote training camp. So they would, they would go, you know, away from the families for a couple months and it's just team oriented. They work on the fundamentals and all that stuff. Um, and then they, what, then they come back and they play their games. So when you say camp, um, like how, how, like, where is that? Like how, what does that look for you? Look like for you? Um, how long is that? Um, maybe you can walk through what that, when you, when you reference camp, like, what does that, what does that mean? So pre COVID, uh, we had camps almost every month. So we were in camp like three weeks, more or less. <clears throat> and then we came home for one week. I actually moved to Poland last year, but now the COVID came, I gave away my apartment there and uh, there's no point making any life changes right now because we don't know what's coming. Uh, but yeah, then it was like, we started in November already. It was uh, the first camp, then in December, January, February, almost March, and then COVID came. But yeah, <clears throat> like you said, Going away with your team, away from your family, only training, 
uh, yeah, that was my life. And right now, I'm just lucky enough to go to Poland. And uh, I, I know it's not Portugal or the Narifa, but I don't care because I get to see my coach. So, so yeah, I'm just going there for like almost three weeks and then we'll see what, what's going to happen next. Maybe we can go somewhere warm. If not, like I said, I just want to be with them. And, um, yeah, a lot of being away uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. Now, do you get, do you get invited to uh, camps or is these put on by your, your coaches or are you affiliated? Um, do, are you represented? Or um, does the country of Estonia, like, um, kind of, you know, find these things for you? Like, how does that work? So uh, those camps are with my team, the Poland team, uh, Polish team. And uh, because they go, I have to go. And I want to go. And uh, when I started with them officially in 2019, September, I went to uh, camp with them already in 2019, April. Uh, and we talked about that opportunity. Maybe I can join them. It was like a little bit a long process. They had to get the um, permission from the federation, of course, because I'm I'm not re representing Poland. I'm from Estonia. Luckily, they said yes, so I can train with them. So wherever they go, I join, and that's mm. that's the deal, pretty much. That's that's awesome. Um... You know, talk about because I, I talked a little bit from from an American standpoint as far as you know um, throwers that make the transition from being collegiate throwers that threw in college and then trying to figure out professional uh, for them. Um, the transition for them is a little bit tough because obviously a lot of them, unless they're just kind of kind of freaks um, athletes, don't necessarily get the sponsorship or the money. Uh, to be able to do that. So they, they will actually work uh, jobs. Um, you know, some people work at restaurants, some people work at like Starbucks or something like that. Um, for you, like, how does that work for you? Um, you know, I guess internationally through, um, <clears throat> you, you, do you have to also work uh, a job? Um, are you getting things paid for? Are you sponsored by that? Like, how does that work over there uh, specifically for, for you? Or maybe you can talk generally for, uh, European professionals as well so I am really lucky that I don't have to work but it's been pretty hard because as I get older you know the foundations they run out because uh, young people you know they have like those big projects where you can apply and when you're quite good you're gonna get some of those and then um, you're like set for a few camps but now when I'm a little bit older it's been really hard especially because this year was hard and I did not throw as I expected as anyone expected so they're kind of you know I, I don't want to say they're pressuring me but obviously sport is about results so they are waiting for the results and when I was so good at 19 then why can I be better at you know 23 but in sports it's it's not like that it's not one plus one sometimes it takes time and whatever happens you can always, you know, see it coming. And then uh, in 2017, I got like this big uh, foundation. It's called uh, uh, Young People to Olympic Games, basically, rough translation. And then I got that. Then it was like um, a fixed amount every year. But that was supposed to end this year. But luckily, because no Olympics, they said they're not going to, you know, 
throw us into the water. So they tried really hard to get some amount for us uh, for the next year also. And then I have the Olympic Committee of Estonia who supports me a little bit. And we have our federation. And then it's mostly about good people and people who believe in you and connections because I'm going to be really honest, if I could work, I would. I think that would be really good for my brain. But, you know, I have to be away all the time and nobody wants to hire a person who's going to be like, so I can work for seven days and then I have to go. And that's yeah. every month. And that's just not possible. And and also my options are limited because I can't be on my feet. I can't, you know, do those stuff. I have nothing against working. I think it's awesome. I really, I would like to do that uh, one day <laughs> for sure. But I'm just saying it's not possible for me yeah, yeah. because I'm away too much and my sport is like, like it is, you know. Yeah. But like I said, I'm really grateful. I have um, received really many like foundations, um, some support from good people who believe in me and uh, keep believing in me. So, yeah. And I guess it's the same for everyone in Estonia. Some people work who can. Uh, I respect them. And then some people get some help. Some people do both. It's it's really a bit depends. Yeah. Do you, do you get, are you sponsored right now by anybody? Like, um, you know, uh, do you, I guess, you know, as far as throwing shoes or, or gear that you use as far as hammer, um, you know, specific hammers that you use, is that stuff that um, the Federation kind of provides for you? Like if you're like, oh, I like these shoes or like, or do you have to wear specific brands according to what? you know, where I guess Estonia is located? So I've been uh, Adidas uh, since 2017. My manager was really kind and he got me that deal. It's not like I have not signed anything, but they just sent me, not just, but they sent me clothes and um, and they did it last year also. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, and I really uh, keep my, like, I am not that kind of person who has to wear everything at once. I really keep some stuff, you know, uh, in the boxes if bad times come and I, I can't re receive another one, uh, which may be the case this, uh, <laughs> this uh, you know, uh, winter. So I wear Adidas. Uh, I do not get uh, sponsored by any hammer companies because we have so many. <laughs> but I, don't, I do not get hammers. Uh, I just have my own uh, one personal hammer. It's 4K Polonic because I like Polonic the best. It's a silver one competition hammer uh, I hold it like my baby uh, nobody can throw it I get really um, anxious about it and then uh, like I said I have the foundation young people to Olympic Games and then uh, Estonian Olympic Committee and then also um, I guess because of my Instagram uh, it's it's huge nowadays right I get some supplements uh, and I'm really grateful for that and that about it oh no so i get polar watch um they gave me a sports watch not this one though but uh it's it's another room uh <laughs> so they gave me a sports uh, watch so that also helps me because i can track my trainings my sleep everything i really like that watch so oh and i get sports drinks also because i was writing to people this um september to get you know help mm -hmm. and 
some just said it's hard times they can't help me and then Alagok like this big drink company they said also the same and I said okay but you know I'm buying a lot of your protein and sports drinks maybe you can help me with that and they said okay and yeah nice that's it I think so yeah it's, I, 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 I can't be ungrateful it's been really great for me and I'm really you know happy happy yeah about it yeah, that's awesome um so do you do you do you stay at a facility when you guys go to camp? Do you stay at a facility out there, or do you have to rent an apartment for three weeks and then you have a place back at home that you're obviously renting or you live with, you know, whatever? So how does that how does that work for you guys? So I am uh, when we go to camps, uh, we, it's basically hotel life everywhere. <laughs> so. so I, I really like apartments. I like doing my own food. It's, it's something uh, cozy about that, you know. You, you have your own kitchen, you have more space, because when you're in a hotel room, it's just the one room and nothing else. You can't even make a coffee if you want that, you know. You have to go down or somewhere. But hotels are also fine. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying they're not. And uh, like I said, I really go with the choices that the, the Polish go with. So whatever they choose, whatever they want, I just uh, join and then in Estonia yeah yeah we have apartment so I'm lucky enough to have a roof over my head <laughs> and I don't have to pay for the rent so that's also good yeah that's that's awesome that you are able to have those accommodations and obviously it's not like you know you know no one likes the hotel life but you know I guess it's better than not that but um, maybe let's, let's switch some gears a little bit to allow people to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Um, you know, speaking of like you, you talked about just a little bit, like, you know, you like to make food. Um, what, what do you like to make? Like, what is your go-to? Like, do you have a signature dish that you like, like, like to make for yourself? Like for me, um, I would say my signature go-to dish, like was always chicken Parmesan. Um, oh. and I, you know, I, I learned at a very, uh, when I was in college, like how to make it. And that kind of was like, whenever, like obviously on a college budget for me, it was very uh, slim. So whenever I got paid and I wanted to have a good meal, it was, it was chicken parm. Um, but I feel really confident about making that. So what, what about for you? Like what are, what are some of the meals that you like to make? Like what are some of the courses that you, um, you know, like to make for yourself or maybe for your friends as well? Like when you cook in the kitchen. So I really love Indian food. Especially when I was living in Sweden, um, they had the best Indian food there. It's it's really great in here also. So my um, you know go to is tikka masala. Uh, okay. I just love it. It's uh, it's like mild, spicy, and it has all the tastes, and it's it's just healthy, and it's it's so good. And then also you know everything chicken because you mm. know protein. <laughs> I love protein, and then. Uh, I like I like cooking in general. I can make almost everything, and if I can't, I can just look up the in internet how to make it, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess the Indian food and the pancakes. I <laughs> ate one year every morning pancakes, and I'm not even joking. How many? And every, every morning, and everybody was like, "How can you do that?" And I'm like, "It's pancakes. How can you not?" I love pancakes. But now, now I have a nutrition plan and I'm not making them anymore. But, you know, one year, I didn't break my streak. 
That's awesome. I think the internet cut out. So how, how many, how many do you make? How many, how many pancakes do you eat? So when I ate them every day, it was three pancakes with some jam, and then I had my coffee and sometimes some, you know, protein yogurt. And that was about it. Wow. Pancakes. Like how big are you talking? Like, cause like there's different size of pancakes. There's like, I mean, they call like dollar, dollar ones, like they're super small, but then there's like the bigger ones that are like super, like what, what, I mean, cause I could eat like three pancakes, I don't know, maybe the size of a discus, no problem, you know, but if you give me a pancake the size of like a large pizza, like I get, pro I don't know, maybe I'd eat two, I don't know. Seriously? <laughs> I, I mean, I how thin are you talking about, like those or those? I mean, like, not like a thick one, but like probably like that. Only three? I mean, I could eat more, but you know, I have to, I have to look a little bit. I could eat like probably, if we talk about those thin ones, you know, the big ones, I could go six easily. No problem for me. But I ate uh, three and the thin ones and the big ones. So nice. yeah, only three. But I really loved, in USA, you had uh, this um, flower. And I, I bought it, and it said American pancakes, and I was like, "Oh, I, I want to try this." And then I put it on the on the pan, and it just fluffed up, yeah. and I was so amused. And I was yeah. like, "Oh my god!" It's like this little, you know, liquid, and you put it in the pan, and it just fluffs up. I I love that. We don't have it in here, so I really miss that. Well, hey, anybody out there who's affiliated with Pancake Mix, send them over to Anna. Uh, she loves her pancakes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll get you, we'll get you hooked up. We'll get you sponsored by some pancake, uh, mixed. I'm a pancake lover. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I guess what, like what else, you know, you know, other than cooking, like maybe what do you have like a, like a secret talent that you, that might not, people might not know about you. Uh, like for me, like I, I would think that I'm a good singer, but I'm really not. Like, I really wish I was a good singer. Like I wish I could sing really well. Um, but I'm, I'm not. Um, uh, do you have talents that maybe no one knows about that, that you'd like to kind of maybe share? So I can sing actually, uh, I'm not gonna right now, but I can. <laughs> and, uh, I think, um, I'm really good at languages. My English is a little bit rusty right now because I haven't been speaking it lately, but I can speak four languages. And I also picked up a little bit Polish, Pol like uh, Polish language, because when I come into your country, I really want to understand what you're saying and I respect your culture. So when I go any like anywhere, I try to learn the basic words or I'm going to learn your language because I don't want to not understand what you're saying. So, so yeah, I went to German school so I can speak German. And, uh, and right now... If, if my coach sometimes, you know, wants to say something in Polish to me about throwing, I can understand the basic words. So we have a secret language if we want. Well, not secret for the Polish people, but yeah. others. And I guess that's my, like, one of my talents. Like I said, I can sing. Uh, I, I really like other sports also. So I'm, I'm good, uh, quite good in uh, bowling. Oh, okay. I, I guess it's bowling in English, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, I get really like we can't just go and play. I need to win. <laughs> so 
<laughs> if, 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 if we say, you know, let's go and play, it's, it's Saturday, then I'm, I'm going to have my game face on and I need to win. So I, I enjoy bowling. And yeah, I, I can't think of any right now. What is, what is your highest uh, score that you've had in bowling? Now I'm embarrassed to say because I just said I'm really good. <laughs> but it's, uh, I just did it lately. And it's, I think it's 187 because I really messed up the last round. So I had like mm. five Xs and then the last round I just, you know, I got nervous. Yeah. Because I was going for like, like 200 something and then yeah. the last round I did like the first one four and then I got like oh my god and then I got nervous also one of my talents I'm really fast reader like oh, I can wow. read the, like I read the whole Harry Potter series in one week and I, I lied to my mom that I'm sick so I can't go to school and I read like 12 hours per day <laughs> I love That's Harry Potter that's awesome. What is which one? What is your favorite um, book? Ever? No, Harry Potter. That's, I think I really like the fifth one. Um, it was really um, long one, and it was really good. Uh, I liked what happened in there. You know? Was that the Was that the Azkaban one? Yeah. When the yeah. It was. When he, he, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna show you. I'm next to my bed, and I have books here, which I'm currently. I either finish them or I'm reading them. So yeah, I like I like books. Um, well, I appreciate your time that you have taken out of your evening to speak with me and and to share and opening up just a little bit about you know, who you are and, and to kind of let people in about you know more of like you know, your story and what you're all about. But I, I kind of have some fun uh, questions to ask you before we head out, um, if that's mm -hmm. okay. Um, of so one is, one of them that I'm so interested in is, um, you know, do you have a night before, like, a competition routine that you, that you do? Um, like, for me, like, I'm all about, like, I, I, I share this in all the, all the interviews that I do, but you know, my, mine that I used to do was I used to take my uniform, like my top, my shorts, my socks, and my shoes, and kind of line them up as like if I was like putting them on, uh, mainly so I didn't like forget anything, but like mm -hmm. I just felt like I threw better like when I did that. Um, and I remember going to mm -hmm. a meet, a competition, and we stayed in a hotel, and I had a roommate, um, and he thought I was crazy. He thought I was like a, a complete nut job because I wasn't like, I was like putting my clothes out like I was a six-year-old boy or something like that. So do you, do you have any kind of fun night before comp routines that are, are not necessarily superstition or maybe just a routine that you like to do that may be out of the ordinary? Yeah, uh, I have almost the same. Like I have to be really neat the day before. I have to pack my stuff so I don't forget anything. I don't like to talk the day before too much. I want to be by myself, alone. Then uh, <clears throat> I, re I want to get myself ready. So, you know, I take a long shower. I want to I wanna feel like I'm ready to go. I, I watch like Friends or something I've seen before. So I feel at ease. I feel relaxed. I'm not too nervous. If it's like, if we talk about world championships, you're going to be nervous anyway. It's not possible. Mm -hmm. I have to 
especially the day before i have to eat right uh for me i mean like i i can't you know do like donuts and stuff because i would feel bad uh mm -hmm. not bad for them but my body will feel bad and then uh <clears throat> I'm, th I'm thinking about the superstitions no i don't think i don't have them anymore but I guess I have to always, when I go into the circle, I have to, you know, flick my hammer many times so it's not locked, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, things like that. And, and I, always, I always, always, always have to have my, my growth. Like, I have many and I have to have this on or I can't compete. And it's, it's really funny because I'm not baptized or anything, but I, I yeah. just feel it brings me love. So, yeah. Uh, your video is a little bit. Uh, your video is frozen on my end, but I, I'm assuming you're you're showing that your cross that you have on your your neck. Yeah, I was showing my cross, and I have many. I said. That's awesome. Um, I guess we can go to this one. I mean, this was always a fun one, and I, and I'll try to share one with you. But do you have any? Uh, what is your? Uh, maybe you have a couple, or what? What is a a couple most embarrassing throwing stories that you would like to share? Hmm. You mean in competitions or? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll happen in practice or a competition. Like, like, like for. So, I can't say that in like hammer throwing because I have like I've been lucky. I haven't been falling a lot. Only maybe twice. Uh, just uh, lately, I broke a wire. It was really happy accident. I fell out of the ring, not into it. Like it was, you know, concrete. So I got really lucky. But I remember one time I was in Poland. Uh, in competition uh, 2017 and there was this one guy and he was you know carrying poles uh, I, I didn't know who he is so I went there and I was like hi are you an athlete I really need your help uh, and he, he was really nice about it and he was like yes and then I asked where is the you know gym or something I, I can't even remember what I wanted and then he showed me where it is and then I go to the gym and he, he leaves and I see this big picture and it says world champion. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, this is the guy <laughs> I was just talking to. And he, he's from there, like where we had the competition. And I was just going like, hello, do you do sport? <laughs> and that, that was embarrassing. And the second one is in, um, in London, 2017. Usain Bolt had his last competition and he came um, towards me and I don't know what I was thinking because he was alone. He didn't see him in a rush and he, he told me hello. Uh, I, I, did, I didn't know him obviously. And I said hello. And then he stopped for a second. Like maybe he was guessing I wanted a picture and I didn't say anything. And I was like, well, bye. And then I left. And now I think about it. I should have taken that picture, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, so that's... I mean, that was like I don't I don't get really starstruck, yeah. but uh, obviously that's Paul we're talking about. Right, he's a mega star. Yeah, and I joke. and he told me no, and I was so rude. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just left. So I think those are the two stories. But I mean, the first one I was just stupid. I didn't know about Paul. Walt. That was my mistake. But with Paul, yeah, not my brightest moment there. 
That's amazing that you, well, first of all, you were, you know, you met Bolt. I mean, he's the goat, obviously, but I mean, that's so cool that you were able to see that. But then also what a, what a great story to be able to share and talk about. Cause yeah, he probably would have taken a picture with you and you would have had that. And I mean, that was awesome. That's, that's pretty awesome. He just stopped and he was like waiting for me to say something because he, he started to hate. And I was yeah. just there like, well, bye. um yeah well that sucks for me right yeah i mean he doesn't remember me but i will remember him right right um yeah lastly let's go through i i mean the i kind of like to go through these rapid fire questions um basically it's like it's called i I call them favorites um and so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna ask you like kind of like what are are your favorite things and you can kind of uh share them um you know, if, if you can, or maybe you don't have one, or maybe you do, and uh, we can kind of go from there. So the first one is um, favorite song right now, like, or favorite kind of music that you like to listen to? Uh, okay, so I, I have so many different tastes, like, I'm just, I'm just gonna say in general, because right now it changes every day. Yeah. Uh, but in training, my go-to is Rammstein. <laughs> always has and um, I really like the song Deutschland which is quite new and when I'm making a PR it will be Ich Will uh, or by Stormzy Own It uh, or Eminem Till I Collapse so these are my like favorite favorites um, okay yeah I mean those are obviously good good tunes I, I, some of them I don't know I don't recognize obviously because um, I don't know the, the, the language but uh, or the kind of the genre. I, I do recognize Eminem. Um, I do know that one. Um, you don't know Rammstein? No. Oh, wait for it. Yes, you do. Wait. I do? Okay. I, I think you do. Maybe you don't. I'm, I'm not. Okay. No? Oh? Oh wait, this is the older one. Maybe you know this one. Okay. No? <laughs> I mean, listen. It's, it's, uh, it's pro- like my mom used to listen to that when I was younger. And then I went to German school, so it only made sense. And I really like, uh, I went to their concert. I, I was starstruck then. It was amazing. Yeah. It was fireworks. <laughs> it was well you're gonna have to send me those and i'll i'll uh put them on the link and have people uh take a listen but yeah that i don't know if, i don't know if that made it over here or not i i, I don't recognize it but then again they I don't are, listen. They are, yeah they are famous in america also but okay. i guess it's that kind of music that you know everyone does not know i guess yeah but it's with everything, you know. Some people don't know who Eminem is. Some, it's the yeah. same. Yeah. So. Um, favorite m- movie of all time? I think it's Rush. Okay. It's about Nicky. It really moved me. Um, I think he was a great athlete. Uh, I like Formula One. I like Lewis Hamilton, so it really moved me. It's uh, it's about the story and the heart, and that was a sad and happy story. 
So I really like that one. And Harry Potter's, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to Daniel Ratcliffe and uh, Harry Potter. Good job, man. That, that was landed a good role there. Um, yep. All-time favorite candy. Do you have a favorite candy? I know you probably don't eat it because you're training, but is there a candy that you like? Um, if if I would eat candy, it would be Kinder Bueno, I guess. I just like the taste of it. it it's or Milka. It's like milk chocolate. So everything that has like milk in it, and it's like you know the light version. So Kinder Bueno, I guess everyone knows that. That's my you know go-to if I want to have some candy. They have these little candies like Choco Buns. I love them. Um, so obviously chocolate then, then, then like a, like a sweet, sweet, sour candy. Yeah, I like them also, but, uh, only when I go to cinema, I, I take them. Like I don't go to the store and buy sour candy. So yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite kind of snack food, I guess, maybe junk food. Like what do you, like maybe a guilty pleasure. It's a hard one, but I want to go with chips. And mm. that was not before. Like when I was younger, it was all like sweets. But when I get, got older, I I started liking, you know, chips or, you know, um, I don't know how it's called in English, like chick snack. They're like a uh, long snack in here. So, and then I like cheese. I, I guess it's the age. I don't know what's happening to me. Um, I can always like, have fries i like fries and hamburger so i'm, I'm quite basic okay <laughs> i uh, like what i can have. yeah exactly uh favorite ice cream flavor so in estonia we have this uh, retro series ice cream so it's a uh, white ice cream it has um cookies in it like the old uh, like tea cookies and then it has um strawberry jam and it's like retro, and I love it. Interesting. Like, yeah, and it's so unexpected taste, and it's like from the nineties, I guess, in here. And I just, I'm obsessed with this uh, ice cream. And I hate, I, I used to hate vanilla ice cream, uh, just plain vanilla. But if it has something in it, I will eat yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That does make sense. Uh, Starbucks drink, like a coffee drink. What's your favorite? Oh, it's just Americano. I, I, mean, I really like coffee, but I can't do whipped cream or the caramel sauce or any anything in my coffee. I just want coffee and milk. And I remember when I was I was in USA, I went to Starbucks and I was like, I want a black coffee with milk <laughs> because I didn't know it's called Americano. Yeah. So so the lady was like, so you want Americano? And I said, no no no, black coffee with milk. <laughs> so so yeah. I like it like that. Have you ever tried anything like a pumpkin spice latte or a eggnog latte? No, no but I heard the pumpkin spice latte is really good. But no, but the, I, I can't do whipped cream. I, I don't mm. know why. I just like it, but yeah, no. You can you can get those without the whipped cream. You can. Oh, I really want yeah. to try the pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, pumpkin spice latte. And then now that we're in the kind of the Christmas holiday season, we, you know, we have the eggnog latte, which is, which, oh. is, which is a big one now. Yeah. We don't have Starbucks here, so I'm missing that a little bit. Uh, if, if, uh, 
Howard Schultz is listening with, you know, the owner of Starbucks, you know, get, get one out in Estonia for, for Anna. Let's, let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, favorite sports to watch, you know, other than, you know, obviously track and field, do you, do you follow anything American, uh, like American football or the NBA or anything like that? Do you have teams that you follow maybe? Just American? I mean, it doesn't have or to be American. Yeah, in general. Okay. So, like I said before, F1, I really like that one. I like boxing uh, and I like weightlifting, surprise, surprise. Uh, so, when the weightlifting uh, championship starts, it's always when I have a break. Well, it used to be uh, pre-COVID. So, I got really obsessed and, you know, I didn't have any training that time. So, I was watching that day and night. But, wow. yeah, I, I do like NBA, NBA and uh, I enjoy gymnastics. I, I mean, everything is quite nice. I, I watch it all. That's good. I like sport. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Um, it, the, one of the fun questions I like to ask, if you were not a thrower, uh, I would want to be what? What would you want to do? So uh, if we're talking about sports, like I said, weightlifting, but outside of sports, I would really like to have like some big company or maybe a lawyer. I, I never um, miss an answer, you know. I always have one. And then I, when I was younger, I wanted to be, um, how it's in English, uh, diplomat? No, it's, uh, you know, the, I can't say it in English right now. Uh, ambassador. Okay. <laughs> I really want to be ambassador. I don't know why, I just did. You just want to rep uh, represent Estonia in all the <laughs> conflicts? <laughs> okay. I feel like I can, I can handle it. So, yeah, something, if not sports, I would like to do something big in other, you know, fields. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I just want to give you time just to give some, if you have some shout-outs that you want to make, um, you know, because people that you want to say hi to or shout-outs, you know, um, you know, you got Instagram fans or coaches or, you know, anybody, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> I want to say thank you to you for having me. It was very nice, my first podcast. And then I want to say thank you to anyone who's going to listen this whole thing. And um, I hope you will understand what I was saying. And, of course, my, my followers and people who believe in me and who – I guess, like my feet and my trainings. And uh, <clears throat> and I want to say thank you to every single one of um, like coaches who have been in my life, uh, <clears throat> good or bad experience. I think that's what, like, that's, that's shaped me the way I am right now and where I am right now. So <clears throat> I am a firm believer if, if, uh, if I take something away from my path, I would not be here. You understand what I mean? So, yeah, I guess that, that those are my shout outs. That's awesome. Again, uh, for those of you who are, who are not, uh, I would highly suggest that you go uh, to Instagram and follow Anna uh, Orell. Um, you can find her at A-N-N-A. M-A-R-I-A underscore O-R-E-L. 
uh, give her a follow, uh, like all of her posts. Uh, she does a great job at, at showing, uh, you know, her throws and everything. So for those of you who are, you know, technical and like to like look at throwing vi uh, videos of Hammer, um, she's a great one to follow. And then also um, just awesome, awesome things that she posts. Um, hey, thank you for taking time to come on and staying up late and hanging out. I know that obviously through our conversation, you uh, take your sleep seriously, but I appreciate you chilling and chilling with me and, and hanging out. Um, but yeah, we want to support you in any way that we can. Um, Thanks. So yeah, we're rooting for you.